You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For everything, for everything indie, for everything cults, it's the Blue Horseshoe now. Here's your host, George Bremer and Ryan Hickey. And welcome in to another edition of the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. Ryan Hickey and George Bremer here with you. It is our preview pod, Eagles taking on the Colts. Here the Colts right now on a one-game winning streak. We'll call with the winningest head coach in NFL history. Jeff Saturday looks at his first uh, win at home and also look to go to 2-0 uh, in his very short head coaching career and a lot to break down. Elliot Shore Parks of the Go Birds podcast will join us here. He's going to go behind any lines, take us through how Phillies reacted to their first loss of the season. That came on Monday night to the Commanders. If there's a weak point this Colts offense could exploit, it could be the run game. George, maybe run the damn ball. Could be back. We'll talk about that here in a second. If there's any sort of advantage, whether it's on the Colts side or the Eagles side when it comes to familiarity with head coach Nick Sirianni he makes his return uh, after leaving the Colts to become the Eagles head coach after the 2020 season. And of course, we will give you our game picks as well. So a very loaded preview pod here. So George, let's start with uh, with this aspect is run the damn ball back. We put it to bed. We buried it about a month ago, six weeks ago. Is it back? Has it risen from the dead? It appears to be. Uh, I think it's not a big surprise when you when you hire a former offensive lineman that that's going to be his mindset. Uh, and I think honestly, you know, when when you look at that Monday night game that Philadelphia just played, uh, and the way that Washington beat them, it was you know controlling the clock, running the ball. I think forty odd times they only averaged about three yards per carry, but they stuck with it. Uh, they milked that clock. They kept Jalen Hurts on the sideline. And Nick Sirianni said this week when he talked to, to Indy Media, they expect to see that from everybody. I mean, that it's a copycat league. Uh, that's what you try to do to quote unquote explosive offenses. And, you know, Colts, I don't know if there's any surprise on, on Philly's part that that's going to be the Colts plan this year or this week. And, and I don't think I don't why they would try any other plan, you know? Right. Especially when, you know, Philly's missing their, their big guy and the run stuff from the middle and Jordan Davis is on IR, which is, you know, again, for this Colts team that, is just trying to kind of get their legs back on the offensive line. It's a huge boost for them. And like you said, I mean, I think the commanders on Monday night, if you watch that game, they had the perfect outline. Now, obviously, they got a little lucky with some of the turnovers, but in terms of offensively, playing ball control offense, keeping this explosive Eagles offense on the sideline, especially in the first half. We'll get to this a little bit later on, George, but the Eagles' disparity in terms of their points scoring the first half, the second half, if you were able to limit them in the first half, this offense is nowhere near as explosive as dangerous. Come uh, come after halftime. So if you're the coach, especially in the first half, like you mentioned, you got to get back to running the ball, running the ball a lot, especially to coming off that game. You rushed over 200 yards against the Raiders and play by far the best game of the season, both run run blocking and pass blocking. You got to see if you can capitalize off of that against right now what is a banged up defensive line for the Eagles. And their one vulnerability so far as a team has been their run defense, where offensively they're they're really good defensively, especially against the pass, they're really good, but. The one area you can kind of point to, and we saw it on Monday night, 
is them trying to stop the run. They've had a lot of issues that recently. That has to be an area the Colts exploit on Sunday. Yeah, and one thing the Colts absolutely don't want to do is get in a shootout with this team. And the Eagles are the third highest scoring team uh, in the NFL. They, they don't want this game in the upper no. 20s. They definitely don't want it in the 30s. And that means, you know, controlling the line of scrimmage, controlling the clock, controlling that football. Uh, I think it all comes down to what it's come down to all year, the offensive line. You know, like you said, they're coming off their best game of the year by far. Uh, how much of that had to do with with any changes in personnel? How much of it had to do with any changes that, that just Saturday brought in? Uh, we'll find out on Sunday whether it's whether it's lasting or, or whether it was just a, 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 vir- a mirage out there in the desert. Uh, <laughs> we will see, you know, pretty quickly. Uh, but I think that that's, you know, all year long, we've said if the offensive line plays well, this team can turn things around. You know, even at the worst points, we, we pointed to that group and said, look, if they come out and do their job, there's a lot of other things to like about this football team. Jonathan Taylor's healthy. That's a huge, huge yes. boost. Uh, I think Paris Campbell's come on. He might be the most effective receiver right now on the, on the roster. You got Michael Pittman still drawing double teams and making plays and, and recovering fumbles and running all over the field and being a madman. Uh, you know, Alec Pierce had a quiet game Sunday, but he's definitely been a very good, strong rookie uh, and somebody that they're going to rely on. And I think the tight ends have each kind of taken a turn having good games. Kylan Granson had the hot hand Sunday, but you know, Jelani Woods, if they get him back and, and Mo Alley Cox are a big part of this. Really, you look at that offense, there's a lot to like when the offensive line does its job. They did on Sunday. I don't know if there's any coincidence that it was the best offensive day that, that the Colts have had all year. And now the big question this Sunday is can they go out there and impose their will against the Eagles? Because that's that's what's gonna give the Colts a chance to win this game. And that's why I'm so excited for this matchup, George, is because you're right. We, we talked all week, whether it's a post-game pod or whether it's the midweek pod, this week uh, specifically, about how much can we truly take from Sunday's game against the Raiders because you watch that game, the Raiders just, they showed you right there. They're a total mess. So they're one of the few teams that's in a, in a worse spot right now than the Colts are. So it's like, how much can we really take from that run game? That's why I'm so excited for this week um, to see how they match up with against the Eagles, because you're right, this team going forward, if they're going to have any success in the future here, it's going to be predicated on having an offensive line that, again, is able to run the ball and is able to pass prote- uh, pass protect well. That's two areas they have really struggled in so far this season. They've been super inconsistent on. So, honestly, I don't really care how this game goes from a scoreboard perspective. Like, if, if the Colts lose the game or if they win the game, right? To me, as long as they're able to, if you can establish the run, Get Matt Ryan sometime. I don't care if Matt Ryan is awful and throws four picks. I don't care if they lose 42-21, but the, the offensive line establishes a, a dominance in the trenches. Like, I think if you could just take out of this game going forward here that, hey, the offensive line, they are starting to, you know, stack good games on top of good games. You can kind of see the impact Jeff Saturday is having in a season that, again, is for the most part lost at 4-5-1. and one. I mean, that's the biggest area we can call the rest of the year a win is if we can feel good again about this offense line going forward. And that starts on Sunday with, again, a really good test against a banged up, but still talented and tough Eagles defense. Yeah. And, and I think two of the areas that you're looking at right now are, are left tackle and right guard as it's been all year. Bernard Raymond came in, did a pretty good job on Sunday. You know, it's Chandler Jones. Hasn't been that guy this year. He hasn't been what the Raiders had hoped that he would be, but, Raymond didn't let him get right. He didn't, you know, let him break out and, and have that big game that, that he is capable of. And Will Fries, especially in the run game, did a really good job on Sunday. I think he had a, a big part of, of opening up these holes and, and getting this run game rolling. Uh, if those two guys can can solidify those spots 
and give you some confidence about the offensive line moving forward. Like you said, that might be the most important thing that happens over these last seven games, regardless of wins and losses and, and what happens on the scoreboard. If you feel like Bernard Raymond and, and Will Fries are the answers at left tackle and right guard, uh, that could be the biggest thing that could happen for this football team. Absolutely. And look, even with the, the banged up interior for the Eagles defensive line, you know, they did sign Linval Joseph on Thursday and was, uh, or on Wednesday and they signed Dominican Sue on Thursday. We'll ask Elliot Shore Parks and he joins us, George. I doubt either will play. And if they do, it's going to be extremely minimal snap. So you would think their impact's not going to be that dramatic on Sunday. But again, you still have Brandon Graham, you still have Fletcher Cox. Like there's still two really imposing defensive players on that line that the Colts are going to have their hands full. And again, if you can win that battle, I don't care what the record like. They could lose every game the rest of the year, but if they can continue to win up front and have and win the line of scrimmage, again, we both think there's going to be a new, or at least I think there's going to be a new quarterback this time next year. So if you can at least give them confidence, whoever they take, that hey, this offense line is back to being the offense line that we know they can block and kind of maul people. I think you're feeling pretty good heading to 2023. Another interesting part, George. Another reason why running the ball is going to be so important in this matchup is because you look at the Eagles. I think it's fair to say so far through through 10 weeks, they're front runners. They are a team that gets out to an early, they dominate the first half, and then kind of take it easy, kind of go on cruise control and just kind of take their foot off the gas in the second half. I mean, you look at the, the numbers, it's kind of like the Colts, but opposite. The Eagles right now are first in the NFL in terms of uh, first half points. They're averaging just under 20 points per, uh, points per uh, first half so far this season. Look at the second half, just 7.9. So basically, it's almost a two-touchdown difference there between the first half where they're explosive and the second half where they kind of just kind of meander around. It's another key why if you can run the ball, play ball control like we saw the commanders do in the first half and keep that Eagles offense off the field, you put yourself in a really good position in the second half to win this game. Yeah, limit those first half possessions. I think that's going to be the most critical element of this game. Don't give them a lot of plays in, in that first half. Don't let them get chances to be on the field. Uh, even in that Washington game, really one of the touchdowns they scored was a really short field after the fumble recovery That's right. in the first half. You know, So you don't want to do that. You've got to take care of the football. I mean, the Colts have not done that all year. They've got to take care of the football on Sunday because you can't give extra possessions to this team. That's absolutely suicide. Uh, and, and then they've got to get takeaways. I think that's the other big part of this uh, that Washington was able to do. The, the Eagles came into that game. They're still number one in the league. Uh, and, and fewest turnovers, but they came into that game with only three turno turnovers and they gave it up four times. Now the last one was on that, you know, goofy right lateral, lateral play, but even the three previous turnovers, which one was aided by a, a missed face mask. That was very uncharacteristic for the Eagles. They don't do that. That's not who they are. Uh, and I think the Colts don't take it away. So I, that to me is going to be another real critical element in here. Philadelphia has not turned it all over year, turn it over all year. The Colts have not taken it away all year. Washington won that game in large part because of fluke four turnovers. The Colts don't need four, but they're going to have to get one. They're going to have to get one big game-changing turnover at some point in this game. Could you imagine that, George, watching a team that turned the ball over three times through their first eight games of the year? <laughs> we watch this team and it's fumbles and interceptions. Like There's three a game on average for the most part. Imagine that for the entire first half of the year. That's but you're 100 percent right. It, it just it shows you that the Eagles play really clean football, and part of the reason why they got off that eight zero start was that they get out ahead, they play you know really good offense, and kind of they punch, they like kind of like a bully. At least that's what you know maybe a good comparison is where they kind of get the first punch, kind of push around. But if you're able to kind of ward it off, and if you're able to fight back, 
again, this second half team, they're not one of those those teams that really kind of scares you or they haven't been able to kind of show you consistently make the big play in the fourth quarter winning game. We haven't really seen that. I mean, on Monday night, they had three drives in a row where they could have, you know, driven to take the lead or tie the game. And they had two turnovers and a punt and they went three and out. Before that, you know, that final sequence, where they just had the lateral with like one play left to try to, you know, uh, have a Hail Mary happen. So it's like you saw in a situation in the fourth quarter, the Eagles had an opportunity to win the game multiple times because the commanders, the commanders could not put the game away, and they failed. They failed. Now, again, fluky with his face mask, another fluke where you got a guy wide open. He falls down, gets up, gets the ball, gets punched from behind. So is that sustainable going forward, especially in this game? I would say no. But also at the same time, th- with how stout this Colts defense has been, and again, outside of really the commanders game, when you've needed them to get a stop at the end, they have come through um, almost every single time. You got to feel good if you were in the second half of a one-score game here that the Colts have shown you multiple times they were able to come back. And this defense has shown you, or at least offensively, they show you they can come back. And then defensively, they show you when you need a stop, for the most part, they'll get one for you. Yeah, I think one of the big things is that defensively the Colts have got to do is, is find a, a good way to replace Quiddy Pay in this game. Uh, he's been so huge in the run defense in particular, and that's where it's got to start. You know what I mean? They, they've got to they've got to stop the run first and foremost. Uh, you can't give up the big plays, the big explosive plays to this offense. Obviously, a lot of those come on the ground, and you've got to make sure that that you're containing uh, Jalen Hurts, but also Miles Sanders. You know, if they do decide to go to him, they've kind of gotten away from him at times this year. You want to encourage them to get away from him on Sunday, I'm sure, uh, and and that means stopping the run early. And then the the other part of that is, you know, the Russian cover going in tandem uh, there, keeping Jalen Hurts in the pocket on these pass plays so he can't run around and, and give guys more time to get open. And then what they've done well all year is kind of keep that shell on the secondary and not give up that really big pass over the top. Uh, when I've seen the Eagles get big passing plays, that's usually where it is. I mean, it, usually it's Hurts breaking containment and giving those receivers some time to get deep. And he just uses that strong arm and throws it past the defense and they get AJ Brown or Quez Watkins or whoever it is uh, behind that defense and they get big plays. The Colts have got to limit that, you know, not only keep them off the field, but they are on the field, stop the run, especially early in the game and don't let anybody get behind you. Let me ask you this, because I think on both sides, you could say the key is for the Colts and Eagles, like establish the run, right? Because now if you're looking at a Philly team, they're missing Dallas Scott they're, you know, a uh, very important tight end who's both great, kind of in the, uh, better pass catcher than Jack Doyle, but he's so important in the run game for them that he that's almost like a sixth offensive line when they're missing. And he's, you know, great in terms of Mr. Reliable, a lot of touchdown uh, receptions as well. It's a big loss from AJ Brown, rolled his ankle and didn't look the same whatsoever, especially on Monday night. Let me ask you this. Who is it more important for? Is it more important for the Colts to establish the run or is it more important for the Colts defense to stop the run? Like which area do you think has to do a better job on Sunday if this team's going to win? I think it's more important for the defense to stop the run uh, for the simple fact that the Colts have shown offensively they can win ugly, sloppy games. I think if it's nine to six, they're going to be a much more comfortable football team than Philadelphia would in that situation. Uh, so I think it's more important for them to stop the run, drag this game down into the mud the way Jacksonville did for years against the Colts. You know, take take the, the offensive talent advantage away, drag the game into the mud, make it really tough going. Make them play your style. You know, make them play an ugly, sloppy football game uh, and see if they can they can fight it out. And, and I think that's where if the defense can stop the run and they can limit those deep throws, then Philadelphia is going to be in a kind of slug fight that they haven't really been in a lot this year. 
I'm with you, actually. I, I hate to agree, but I'm 100% with you because you look at this game, like, I trust if it comes down to a, a, a quarterback, you know, situation where you got to rely on the right arm of quarterback to win the game. Honestly, I feel better at Matt Ryan. Like if you were able to take away the offense or the running game for the Eagles and you limit Miles Sanders and you even take away Jalen Hurts' legs, which by the way, the last month they've not been, he's not run as much as he has in the first, let's say six weeks of the season. They've cut that back, whether it's by design or just kind of whether, you know, you know because the rush lanes are not there, but either way, he's running less. And so if you're able to limit him and Miles Sanders, this offense, even with all the weapons they have on the outside with Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, it's just like it's still a run-first team. And you mentioned before, like, they're predicated on running the ball and then the play-action pass taking you over the top. And that's where they really beat you for those big gains and, and, you know, open up the field deep. If you were able to keep everything in front of you, kind of like Washington did, I don't really trust Jalen Hurts to, to throw, throw 40, 45 times to win the game. Especially, again, when you're not – you don't have Dallas Goddard. And you have A.J. Brown, who who says he's going to be healthy. Uh, but, again, he twisted that ankle pretty early on in that Commanders game on Monday night and didn't have another catch. He, he was gone. So if you're missing two valuable weapons already, if you were able to limit that run game, I'm with you. I, I feel really good about how this Colts defense is played, and I feel really good about this Colts secondary stopping an aerial attack from Philly if they have to throw the ball 40, 40, uh, 45 times a game compared to right now with the Colts and Matt Ryan. I mean, that's the key. You know, I mean, that, that's ult- ultimately, that's what they've got to do. Uh, get them in a situation where they do have to throw the ball more than they necessarily want to with Jalen Hurts and take away that deep ball. If they do those things, they got a chance to stay in the game. Uh, and then if you add a, a good running game on top of that, that's the Colts formula against anybody this year. I mean, you hear coaches right. all the time talk about doesn't matter who's on the other side. We got to take care of us. We got to execute what we want to do. I think ultimately that's what the Colts want to do. Run the ball, put Matt Ryan in, in good situations to throw it. Uh, let him take advantage when those situations present themselves and then play good defense. And I, and I think that's that doesn't change against Philadelphia. If anything, all three of those areas are highlighted with this week. I think they're all uh, extremely critical in, in any chance you have to, to steal a victory here. And I don't know about you. I feel like this is we're going to have a big Michael Pittman Jr. game this week. Last week, she got a few targets, but you know it was, it was Paris Campbell with a few big catches and especially that you know 35-yard touchdown that eventually being the game winner. Him and Kylan Grant were the two stars of the passing game, if you will, Sunday in Vegas. With this, where again, if you're able to establish a run, in, but it feels like you, you know, with this Colts offense, we know is not explosive, right? They got the big 66-yard touchdown with Jonathan Taylor on Sunday, but that that was more an anomaly. That's more a one-off than let's say, you know, or exception, let's say, more than the rule. So you still think if the Colts are going to score some points here, it's still going to be on long drives, 10, 12 play drives. You're going to be facing third down. Third and seven, third and six is equal. Secondary is good. They're opportunistic as well. So that's a, where you're going to need a big physical receiver, Michael Pittman Jr., shield off, you know, Eagles defensive backs, kind of use those strong hands and maybe even break a tackle too to get a few first downs. This feels like a game where he'll kind of be back in the forefront after we thought what would happen last week in Vegas because he's, you know, Matt Ryan's favorite target. But I think this is a game where he'll kind of, we'll say, bounce back and have a, you know, double digit catch effort, probably over 100 yards. At least that's what I would assume. Yeah, I think you're underwriting uh, Matt Ryan's wheels right now. I mean, obviously he's That's he's such a mobile, <laughs> you know, running quarterback. But aside from that, no, I, you know, I, I, I it's gonna be interesting to watch how defenses change the way they they're playing Michael Pittman uh, because Matt Ryan was so reliant on him early. They were double teaming him when when Ryan was out there, and I think they were trying the same thing when Sam Ellinger was there because they were trying to take away what could be a security blanket for him. Uh, but Paris Campbell really the last month, month and a half has really stepped forward and made a lot of plays. And, I, and he's starting to make defenses pay for for over 
uh, you know, shifting towards towards Pittman. I think it's going to be interesting to see. Philadelphia has got a lot of good players in that secondary. They might play Pittman more true, you know, man up than than we've seen uh, in, in the last few weeks. They, they they just put Darius Slay on him and and you know try to let things go that way. Uh, and I think that plays into the Colts' hands. I think that's what they've been trying to do is get Pittman in more of these one on one type of, of opportunities uh, they just hasn't seen really since about week three uh, because Matt Ryan was, was so heavy going to him, uh, you know, early in the year. So uh, that's another element. I think it was part of the chess match uh, that'll be fun to see how that plays out. I'd love to know the odds, the over under odds or, or what the uh, numbers are like for Matt Ryan, more rushing yards than Jalen hurts on Sunday. You got to <laughs> let him loose, get him sleep third and seven. I think we got to break out the zone read there, pull it and have him. you know, listen, Peyton Manning once in a while, he wouldn't be shy to, to pull it on his own and, you know, sneak around the back end for like 10, 12 yards. And I'd be like once every three years. I don't know if, you know, twice in two weeks here, we'll cut the defense off guard. But Matty Wheels, is, he, he showed something. And also, again, he's not afraid to kind of cut up the field, too, instead of just running out of bounds. Second longest run of the year by, by a Colt this year. So, I mean, it, you know, it was a pretty big play. Thank you. was funny. Jonathan Taylor is 66-yarder, huh? You, you can't have Matt Ryan. Like if it was for that, you can't have Matt Ryan be the, the leading rusher in terms of longest run of the year. <laughs> no. Oh, no, you no. can't. No, but, you know, it, it'll be fun to see. I, I think, obviously, Philadelphia is not going to be very wary, wary of his running ability. Uh, but they are going to be weary of, of Jonathan Taylor. And I think for the first time this year, the Colts put on tape the offense that, that they want to show. It'll be interesting Good to see point. how Philadelphia reacts to that, you know, because they do coming in. Philadelphia is going to expect a heavy dose of Jonathan Taylor. They're expecting a healthy Jonathan Taylor. They're probably expecting an offensive line that can actually block and, and give him a chance. Uh, but they're also expecting a quarterback who can make plays with his arm. And I think they're the first team all year who's had to watch that on tape and prepare for it in the week leading up to the game. You're hundred right. It's a good point too, is we finally saw this Colts offense was built to look like, and now, like you said, with that on film, it finally gives defenses and other teams an accurate depiction of what the Colts are trying to accomplish. And now this is for the first time really this year, as sad as it is, we're sitting here in week 11, the Colts are going to have to try to combat that and actually be able to replicate a good offensive performance two games in a row, which something they have not been able to do. The good news is up until last week, the Colts have not put two good halves together back to back. So at least they were able to check that off. Now we'll see if they can put two good games together. We will talk a little bit. Nick Sirianni's reunion come back to Indy. Does either team have an advantage with some of the familiarity or really lack thereof now with kind of uh, from the cold side and Nick Sirianni side as a lot of faces have changed by the time, uh, you know, since he's left there, that's for sure. But when we do return here on the Blue Horseshoe Pod, Elliot Shore Parks of the Go Birds podcast will join us to go behind enemy lines, get a good feel for this Eagles team. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And welcome back into the Blue Horseshoe Pod. Ryan Hickey and George Bremer here with you. Time to go behind enemy lines. Colts, Eagles this Sunday. We do welcome in the host of the Go Birds podcast. That is Elliot Shore Parks. Elliot, thanks for uh, coming behind many lines, man. Really do appreciate the time. Thanks for having me on. Excited to talk about this suddenly interesting game. It feels like a few weeks ago, this would have just been a complete blowout, but now it's uh, it could be close. So I'm excited to talk to you guys about it. 
Absolutely. And you look at the one o'clock slate too, Eastern. It's like, they're, they're, this is honestly, you can make the argument one of the marquee games for sure the intrigue. And now, you know, um, the, yeah, the intrigue on both sides. Speaking of which, Eagles lose their first game of the season on Monday night. What's the feel around the city? I'm sure there's still, you know, fans panicking, but at least around the team, is it, you know, they, hey, it's one bad game will be all right. Or is there some, you know, areas that maybe that were exposed that they think they're a little bit worried about going forward? Um, I would say that they're the appropriate amount of worried. I think whenever you lose, clearly, look, it's it's unfair to say all the wins matter and the loss doesn't matter, right? Like, so you have to look at the result of the game, what they struggled with, where they're at in the season, the standings and all those things. So I think that there's a realization that if they want to finish in that number one seed, you don't really get many slip-ups. You probably need 13 wins, which means they only have two or three more games they can lose to get there if they do want to finish with that one seed. And to lose it to a team like Washington, it's uh, it's disappointing. The run defense was bad. They turned the ball over, something they haven't done in a long time. So I think they're realistic in saying we need to be better against the run. That's why you saw them bring in Indomitian Sue, Linval Joseph. Like They've added defensive tackles. But also they turned the ball over three times, uh, fourth if you include the last play of the game. And that's uncharacteristic. So I think they know that they have things they need to improve on but are also aware that, you know, it was a kind of fluky game where they made uncharacteristic mistakes. Yeah, I'd, I'd say very fluky. Uh, also, the, the refs made a couple uncharacteristic mistakes that I'm sure Nick Sirianni is very happy about. Uh, you mentioned yeah. Linval Joseph and, and, and Dominic and Sue. Uh, any chance that they play on Sunday? How, how do you think that's going to work? It's a good question. I mean, look, they are short on defensive tackles. Jordan Davis isn't playing. Uh, Marlon Tupelotu is not playing. So they really only have Fletcher Cox, who has a foot injury, Milton Williams, Javon Hargrave. So one of them is going to have to play. They have Marvin Williams on the, uh, yeah, Marvin Wilson, sorry, on the um, uh, practice squad. So they have him that he could bring up. But my guess is, you know, maybe you see Linval Joseph play. He's in the building today. Um, I don't think Adamic and Sue is going to be here on, uh, on Thursday. So maybe Linval Joseph plays and maybe Sue is active and gets, you know, one or two snaps. They also have some defensive ends that could rotate inside if they needed. But my guess is you're probably going to see the real impact of these two players the following week against the Packers. So especially two coming off that Monday night game, Elliot, where the, the run defense struggled against the commanders over 150 yards allowed me and George are talking about this before, because the Colts team, their offense, when everything is humming, going well, they do want to run the ball first, obviously, with the, one of the best running backs in the NFL in Jonathan yeah. Taylor. For the Eagles, is it more important for them to stop the Colts' run game? Or you think for them, is it more important to get their own run game kind of going and be able to dominate on their side of the screen? Like, who needs to establish the run more, you yeah. think, in order to win this game? Um, It's a good question. I, I think the Eagles need to stop the run, though. The Eagles have one of the best secondaries in the NFL. They're excellent at forcing turnovers. If they can put a team into a position where it's a known passing down, they're one of the best teams in the league. I think what you saw against Washington and really against Houston the week before on Thursday Night Football is if you run on this Eagles team, like their run defense is not that good. Uh, and they, it puts the the Washington ran the ball, I think it was 50-something times, but only averaged three yards. But the problem yeah. was all these third downs were third and shorts, third and two, third and three. And that's one of the toughest downs in football to manage because it's not a clear pass or or run down. So I, I think that um, the Eagles don't need to run the ball to score on offense. I know they're going to be missing Goddard, but they have A.J. Brown. They have Devontae, you know, Zach Paschal, Quez Watkins. They can win throwing the ball. Uh, but I think for the Eagles to win on Sunday, they're going to have to, you know, I don't, they don't have to completely stop it, but they have to at least contain somewhat that Colts running game. I want to talk a little bit about our good friend, Nick Sirianni here. Yeah. Uh, we got him this week, you know, the Indianapolis media, and he was trying to downplay the return to Indianapolis as, as you expect that he would uh, talk about all the other places he's played and, and how, if he got emotional every time it, it really just kind of burned him out. 
Uh, but he also made it clear he's very close to Frank Reich. I think everybody knows that. He said you could pretty much guess how he react to that that uh, firing. Yeah. How's he been with the Philadelphia media? How's has he mentioned anything about this return? Does it feel like a different week in any way? Um, you know, at the, I, I will say he hasn't really said anything. You know, like oh, I want to go beat the Colts or I want to avenge the firing of Frank. But just knowing Nick since he started to co- to coach his team, you know, I guess a year and a half ago, he's an emotional guy. He's a very loyal guy. He's someone that really values relationships and. To see what happened to Frank there, I'm sure he feels some extra motivation going into Indianapolis, let alone he would have felt that anyway going back to to his former team. So I think, Nick, uh, a strength of his is his emotion, but I also think maybe in a game like this, you know, we often talk about it with players going against their former team. How are they going to handle that? Is it going to impact their play? I'll be interested to see how Nick handles it because he is a guy that I think sometimes rides with his emotions for better or worse, and in this spot, We'll, we'll see how he handles it, but I'm sure he very, 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 very much wants to win this game. Does either side have an advantage there? Because obviously he was here for three years. Leaves, there's a lot of faces that have changed on the Colts, so it's like there's not really many people on the Colts set that know him and, and vice versa. He's really know a lot. Would you say there's any clear-cut advantage in this matchup of Nick Sirianni returning back? Um, I mean, I feel like Sirianni maybe a little just because he knows the personnel, like, you know, Jonathan Taylor, those receivers. But you're right. I mean, there's a lot of turnover at the Colts, obviously, with Jeff Saturday there and uh, the quarterback and everything. So, I mean, they've been through, what, two quarterbacks, three quarterbacks since since Nick left. So I I don't think it's a huge, uh, you know, he knows a ton about what's going on there. But because he's familiar with the personnel, and don't forget Jonathan Gannon, and this was, you know, a little bit as well Mm. ago too. He coached there. So he's familiar with the strengths and weaknesses of some of those offensive players. Yeah, I think there's probably more Colts coaches from Sirianni's time here in Philadelphia right now than there are still here in Indianapolis. Uh, But uh, you mentioned the secondary earlier. Uh, Obviously, the Colts don't want to throw first. That's that's not their goal. If they get in a situation where they have to throw it 30, 35 times, they're probably in trouble. But do you think that the Eagles have to defend them a little bit differently than maybe some teams did early this year in the sense that uh, obviously Matt Ryan and, and Michael Pittman had that early chemistry and he was he was clearly the, the main guy. Teams really tried to take him away. Do you think Paris Campbell's done enough the last month, month and a half to, to become a focal point as well for opposing defenses? So with the, the Eagles, and I, it's an interesting question in terms of how you handle that. What the Eagles have going for them is they kind of have two number one cornerbacks. They have Darius Lee and James Bradbury. So, you know, as good as those receivers are, they're not Justin Jefferson. They're not somebody where I think you're going to bracket coverage towards them. You're not going to shade a a safety over to their side of the field. Like, I think you would trust Bradbury and Slay to cover them one-on-one. The other part of this, too, with Matt Ryan is the Eagles have a pretty good pass rush. Now, it's not, you know, up there with top five in the league, but they've shown – now, the Colts have a good offensive line, but last year against Matt Ryan in Atlanta, I mean, they tortured him all day. And obviously, very different team and situation. But Matt is not very mobile. They're not going to have to worry about that, right? I know he had that 40-yard run, actually. But <laughs> outside of that, I don't think they have to worry about it. So I think they'll feel very good just putting, you know, they they like to play their corners off. They like to do some zone. They like to give their corners chances to read the field, try to create turnovers. But when it comes down to it, I think they trust them in man against those receivers. I won't be lying, Elif. I wouldn't say I was trying to look for uh, odds for Matt Ryan more rushing yards than Jalen Hurts this week. Nice little, nice little payday. If he, pretty long, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if he breaks one there. Um, for the Eagles offensively, no Dallas Goddard. Right? He was just put on IR after his injury on Monday night. 
AJ Brown hurt his ankle Monday night and was kind of, you know, irrelevant after that. So yeah. with the absence of Goddard, who kind of steps up here and who's kind of like the, the go-to guy now that his he's gone? And also, is AJ Brown like what's his health going to be for this Sunday? Mm-hmm. So he did practice today, which which excuse me, which is obviously a good sign. He had the ankle injury, one, just one catch for seven yards, wasn't a big part of the game. Um, so it's something to monitor in terms of Dallas Goddard. They don't really have a great backup tight end, so it's not going to be like you know they'll just go to another tight end. It's going to be a committee situation. Jack Stoll, Grant Calcaterra. There's a chance Tyree Jackson, a former basketball player slash quarterback, that's extremely tall and athletic. They might act. They might play him. So it'll be a committee thing. But really, what they'll do is they'll throw it to AJ Moore. They'll throw it to Devontae Moore. Zach Pascal, a player you guys are familiar with. He's not a tight end, but, you know, he can do some of those things, the bubble screens, you know, red zone target. Good so maybe blocker. He, yeah, good blocker, exactly. So he's he'll be a little more involved. They just don't have the tight ends to do what Goddard did. Goddard's one of the best tight ends in the league. He can block. He can catch. He's good after the catch. So you're not going to replace him. You just have to find other ways to come up with that that offense. Yeah, I think Zach Pascal's Nick Sirianni's other son right now. I mean, uh, there's no doubt. Yeah. Uh, may not be a player in the league. He loves more than that guy. Yeah. Uh, last, last one for me. Uh, you, you mentioned kind of the flukish nature of that loss. Uh, not that it would be a wake up call for the Eagles by any stretch of imagination. Cause I don't think they needed that, but are they more dangerous this week now because of that loss? I mean, are they less likely now to, to have another slip up or, you know, to, to, to let mm-hmm. things kind of slide a little bit than they might've been going into that Washington game? I don't really think so. I think I don't think this team came out flat against Washington. They just made uncharacteristic mistakes. And I think when you look at what they're dealing with injury-wise, the loss of Goddard, the loss of Avante Maddox, their nickel corner, no Jordan Davis, like guys are banged up. I don't think they're susceptible to a loss because I it's a big game for the Eagles now. They want that one seed. Minnesota has only one loss. The Giants only have two losses. Like there's still very much a lot of competition behind them. And I don't think the loss gives them extra motivation. I think they just played poorly against Washington. Um, and look, you look at the line, I think it's six and a half, like maybe they'll cover, maybe they won't, but I think ultimately this is a team that needs a win and is going to go in and get it. Elliot, the, in the first half, the Eagles are averaging just shy of 21 points per, uh, points per half. And the second half, it's just over a touchdown. So they're one of the best, they are the best first half team in the NFL and one of the worst second half teams. Why is that? Like, what, what have you seen that's led to that? Well, so if we would have talked about three weeks ago, that number in the second half would have been only like a field goal. So they've been better in the second half. They had two touchdowns in their first two games after the bye, the Steelers game and the Texans game in the second half. Um, I'd have to look it up, but I think they what they had against Washington, they had a decent second half up until the end when things kind of fell apart. But the main reason why this is it was a problem early on in the year is they were up so much. I mean, up prior to the Washington game, they'd been up. I believe it's 12 plus points in every game they've played. They go into halftimes with big leads. And as a result of that, in the second half, they were milking away the clock, essentially. They were letting teams run the ball to kill time when their defense was on the field. On the offensive side of the ball, they were trying to kill time. So, you know, up up until this this last game, it hadn't been an issue at all. I don't think it's like they're getting out coached. I don't think it's an adjustment thing. I think they've been up really big. They're the best first half half team in the league. And so those second half numbers are going to, are going to skew i mean you figure to be as good in the first half in the second half as they are in the first half they'd have to average 42 points so like something was going to come down um but look now that the games are closer they lost one they were tied against houston uh, at the half i think the colts game could be competitive they're gonna have to prove they can score when they have to 
And obviously, to finish up here, Elliot, the Eagles have been one of the best teams, if not the best team in the NFL so far this year. So how? what's the path for the Colts on Sunday if they're going to pull off the upset, you think? Well, it's running the ball to start. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, one of the best running backs in the league. And obviously, not just to put up points, but it kills clock. And you keep the Eagles' offense off the field. So you kind of try to duplicate what Washington did with a way better running back, a way better offensive line. Then the other part of it is, you know, I think you have to force turnovers on the offensive side of the ball. Jalen Hurts is really, really good at taking care of the ball. But you saw last week, they turned it over three times. Three teams that turned over three times this year, I believe are something like four and 36 in games. So you have to force Eagles to create a turnover. You run the ball, be smart with it. Matt Ryan, I think, is smarter with the ball than than Heineke is. Heineke tried to keep uh, the Eagles in that game last week. If Matt Ryan has no turnovers and they run the ball, then I think they 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 could win the game. But I, I would be surprised. I you know I'm I'm in on Jeff Saturday. I'm in on what the Colts are doing. It's not an anti-Colts thing. It's just I think the Eagles really need a win, and I think they'll get it. And the Colts trying to put two games together that are good, Elliot. It's been a, a failing mission all season long. That is for sure. So that's yeah. a good thing for the Eagles. They get the Colts coming off a win, which is a, a rarity as well. So yeah. if you want to get more in-depth on the Eagles, make sure you check out the Go Birds pod. Elliot does a great job there. Elliot, thanks so much for uh, kind of, uh, coming on behind enemy lines. Yep, no problem. I'll talk to you guys soon. As always, making sure you are downloading, liking, and subscribing to the Blue Horseshoe Pod wherever you do get your podcast, And make sure you tell your Colts friends about us right here. So Ryan Nicky, George Brimmer, back with you. Two interesting thoughts uh, coming off of the Elliott interview there, George. I want to hit on before we give our game picks for this game's uh, this week's game against the Eagles. Number one is Elliott mentioned the fact that he still thinks the Eagles, like it's more important for the Colts to establish run than the Eagles because he trusts the Eagles' pass offense to win a game more. Now he's right with in terms of the Eagles' secondary. They are very, you know, they're a really good secondary. You could argue maybe the strength of their defense for sure. With that said, the Colts secondary is really good too. Like, honestly, I still have faith, even though Matt Ryan has been up and down for most part of the year, even though he's been, you know, turnover prone for sure. I still trust Matt Ryan more than Jalen Hurts. If it, you have to throw the ball 45 times in the game, am I crazy? I don't think so. I mean, I think if I'm just, you know, in the vacuum, I, I think I do trust Matt Ryan more. I think Jalen Hurts has a lot of weapons out there, um, but it'll be interesting to see if the Colts can take some of that away. I, I think the Colts secondary is almost criminally underrated. You know, I don't think people realize how good the secondary has been in large part because the team hasn't done much this year. And so there, there hasn't been a lot of attention, a lot of reason to go watch this Colts secondary. Uh, it's a big test for them on Sunday. And they're going to, I think they're going to be challenged to come out against an explosive offense and, and get some of that recognition. I mean, you want people to talk about you. This is one of those games. You can make that happen. And that, and you're 100 right. Like, and it's just one of those things that's frustrating. Where it's like, oh, you look at the Colts' record. They're four, five, and one. They're struggling. They're losing games they shouldn't do. So you just assume everything on the team is bad. Oh, you see the offense. They can't run the ball. Matt Ryan turn the ball over. They stink. So oh, the defense must stink as well. And you're 100 right. Like this Colts defense overall, all three, you know, all three areas is really good. And especially the secondary. We've talked, you know, ad nauseum. We've listened to this podcast how good the secondary is. And you're right. Like, I just don't think they get the respect. And I think Sunday. For you know, to call what it is, I think that's a game where they will finally kind of get the respect because it's oh, it's the Eagles coming to town, and that's a game where a lot of people will be watching, just having some intrigue, especially too again because the one o'clock slate's not really great, so it's not a, a few other games you got to really you know lock into. But it kind of takes a game like this for the for everyone to kind of to to be able to put the Colts secondary. I notice that oh, these guys are pretty good. Oh, Stephon Gilmore, he's still got it. You know, it's just like I, I get it because it's like the Colts stink and they haven't you know. Haven't been on prime time a lot, so there's there's not a lot of reason to watch the Colts. But man, the the the, the disrespect the defense and the secondary is getting. You're right. I think this is a game where they'll actually play pretty well. 
I think they should. I mean, they're definitely going to be challenged. Uh, they're definitely going to be asked to go out there and make plays, uh, and they have to. If the Colts want to win this game or, or stick close with this Eagles team, they're going to need this secondary to come out and play the way they have all year and, and maybe even add a couple turnovers into the mix uh, as well. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, the other thing that I think was of interest that that, uh, that Elliot talked about, you know, the Nick Sirianni situation, I, I don't think there's any doubt he's motivated. Oh, yeah. Elliot admitted that as well. He, he's as close with Frank Reich as he is. He said, you know, there's only three guys in his life uh, that, that he considers as like the most influential on his coaching career. One's his dad, one's his college coach at Mount Union, and the other one's Frank Reich. So that's how important Reich is in his life. I don't think there's any doubt, you know, he wants to come in here and, and show the Colts that they made a mistake. Uh, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how that dynamic works, you know, who knows whom better. I think the Gannon part of this is, is underrated. You know, now they threw him in there. Jonathan Gannon was a defensive backs coach here for three years. He practiced against this offense every day. Some of that personnel is different. Obviously, Matt Ryan's different. He was, you know, Philip Rivers, the last quarterback he went against every day in practice. Uh, Pittman was a rookie then. Paris Campbell was hurt. But he knows the schemes. I think more importantly, he knows what this offense doesn't like. He knows what to do to kind of disrupt this offensive line, to make it hard for this, this offense. Uh, I think that's the, the, the area that bears maybe the most watching on Sunday. That's a really good point. Cause at least for me, I'll say I've gotten caught up in like, Oh, Frank Reich's out there. Oh, it's Jeff Saturday. So it's like, you have no idea, like, you know what he is as a head coach or what he likes. But one thing that I, honestly, until you just mentioned it and Elliot as well brought it up, it's like, you gotta forget, like it's still with the Frank Reich offense. Like, like even though Jeff Saturday is obviously clearly not from the Frank Reich true and just came literally out of left field. He couldn't do anything because it's so late in the season that it's still going to be, for the most part, even though Parks Frazier is a first-time play caller, it's still a lot of what Frank Wright does. It's still, for the most part, the same offense. Sure, maybe a few tweaks and obviously a few adjustments, but overall, they're not changing out the playbook the rest of the year, let alone in, in a week or so to kind of change things up. So you are right. Nick Sioni probably has the advantage, and Jonathan Gannon as well, just because they know the personnel, which especially on the offensive line, like, you know, they were a lot of them were there. Ryan Kelly, Quentin Nelson, Braden Smith were there the, the time both of them were there. Um, Jonathan Taylor as well, like some Michael Pittman Jr. were there kind of for a little bit. But a lot of the offensive personnel at least have been in the building around those two. And, and again, not to mention, it's still the Frank Reich system for the most part. So that's, you know, it does give him an advantage compared to, you know, now Gus Bradley was not here, obviously, when uh, when Nick Sirianni was here. And a few coaches were here, so especially on the defensive side, there's not really a lot you can glean from compared to Nick Sirianni on the, uh, on the other side. I think you're right about that. They're, the defense for Philly should have an advantage in this game just from that small familiarity. Yeah, they just, they know the offense. And honestly, the offense they practice against every day is similar to the one they're going to face on Sunday. I mean, the, the Eagles are running a scheme. It's different because Jalen Hurts is, is behind the controls of it. So, you know, there's there's more quarterback runs, obviously. Uh, but a lot of the the concepts and, and I'm sure a lot of the plays are very similar. They're things that the Eagles are, are going to be very familiar with because they practiced against it all summer. It's a good point. That's absolutely a good point. And, oh, boy, a defense knowing the Colts' tendencies. Not, not a great thing for sure, especially so far what we've seen. So, George... It's time to give our game picks for this Week 11 game. Eagles at the Colts. Eagles on the road. Again, best team in the NFL, or you can make the argument at least in the top three. Seven-point favorites. What do you think of this one? That was interesting. The open is nine-and-a-half-point favorites on Sunday. Oh, uh, It went down. Everyone, it went down after the, game on Monday night. 
which I think, you know, a lot of had to do with, with the, the Eagles suffering that first loss. And I think the way they lost with the, with the run game working for Washington made some people wonder, you know, can the Colts do this and, and, you know, replicate that, that blueprint. Um, you know, I, I went back and forth through the week because what we've been talking about, you know, since Sunday, how much of that Raiders game can you really take going forward and, and actually have meaning with it, you know, uh, because Josh McDaniels isn't on the other sideline. Now you, you're going to face an NFL head coach. It's a, it's a different challenge this week. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game. I really do. I think it's going to be tighter than, than, than the line suggests, but I just feel like in the end, I trust the Eagles to make fewer mistakes. I think that's going to be the biggest difference here. If you look at the bulk of the year, Philadelphia doesn't turn the ball over. They capitalize on the other team's turnovers. The Colts are just the opposite. They don't take it away. They give it away too often. I think ultimately a, a key fumble, a key interception is going to be the difference. I'm going to go with the Eagles 24 to 19. Oh, I like the 19. I like the kind of curveball there. Got a left field at the score. Um, I will say 27, 17, but to your point, I think there's going to be a lot. Like, I think that last touchdown field goal comes late in the game, kind of put it away, but I think it's going to be a really close game for three, three and a half quarters. So I do think the Colts match up. Well, I really like this, this defense, especially, and I think they, they really match up well with their athleticism, with their speed, with their power, with their ability, especially with DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart to kind of stop the, stop the run. No Dallas scouter, A.J. Brown, again, if he plays, it looks like he'll be not 100% and maybe playing on one leg. Like, I do trust this Colts defense to put up a really good fight against the Eagles. And again, I know Elliot was saying before that the second half, for the most part, a lot of it just be kind of wasting time and dilly-dallying, basically, for the most part, because they're up by so many points. But I do think, like, it's hard to kind of turn, you know, flip a switch. When you've so, for over half the season, kind of just drag your feet to the second half, I think it's hard to kind of, all of a sudden, now you're in a close game. Oh, we got to, you know, turn it on now and keep it going. I don't think it's as easy as it sounds. So I think this is going to be a really close game. I think the Colts, again, I think will really give the Eagles a run for their money. But just in the end, I think the Eagles, like I said, are too talented. And honestly, George, I can't trust the Colts right now to not make the mistake. Like you mentioned, like one game, they look great. Absolutely great. But again, that's a Raiders team that I, I don't like that. I think it's more of a, like you, you use the word mirage. I like that word. I think it could be more of a uh, mirage with how clean, for the most part, the Colts play. They did have one turnover. But I still think there are some areas where they can kind of build off of. I still think they'll be able to run the ball effectively here on Sunday, kind of keep it close and play ball control. But in the end, the Eagles are talented. They're very well coached. They don't beat themselves whatsoever. I think that's going to be a kind of difference in the end when they make one more play than the Colts. But I do think, again, because for me, the the results at this point are just irrelevant. I think this is a game where you can feel good, even in a 10-point loss at home, I think you can come at this game feeling good, say, you know what? At least for the rest of the year, this Colts team should kind of steady the ship, and it's, it's not going to be kind of rocking the way it was really this time last week. Yeah, you know, I think that's the key. And really, even in that Raiders game, you're one Michael Pittman fumble recovery away from having the same yeah. conversation we've had all year. It would have been two turnovers. That would have cost them the game. That's what we've talked about all year long. So the Colts have got to clean that up. Uh, but we've been saying that for, for 10 weeks. I, I just don't know if it's going to happen on a consistent basis. At this point, you know, uh, that ship might have sailed. If there is one advantage that I think Indianapolis has it, it, to kind of go off of what you were just talking about, they've been in close games all year. I mean, the, the, the Patriots game and the first Jacksonville game are the, the exceptions. Other than that, I think every game's pretty much been one score or was one score down to, you know, late in the game. Uh, there, there, there was a chance in the fourth quarter of all these games to tie or, or win. 
Uh, I don't know. You know, they're probably more comfortable in that situation this year than Philadelphia is uh, just because they've been there more often. But that being said, I, I still think I trust the Eagles a little bit more to not make that big mistake and, and shoot themselves in the foot. And the last thing I'll say, George, is uh, there is like a slower concern of just when you look at this defense and who they played so far, outside of Patrick Holmes, they've played some pretty poor offenses. Now, again, I, I don't think Jalen Hurts is, is all that or he's arrived yet for sure, but he's definitely easily the second best quarterback this team is going to play uh, so far through the first 11 games. So that is going to be a step up where I do think, again, what we saw, you know, even last week, I mean, they did get up 20 points and almost allowed the Raiders to go tie the game. Now, there's no divide to Adams on the other side, which is good. But it's still, you know, I still think they'll, you know, have some flaws, like I said, where it's going to be tough sledding. But I feel like we'll be having a post-game pod on Sunday, even in a loss, still kind of reflecting and feeling good. Hey, there's some areas that, are, you know, that are slowly improving. At least they're starting to, you know, whoever takes over this, you know, for next year, at least there are some building blocks going forward and some brighter days ahead compared to, again, so far the season's the first 10 weeks where you're pulling your hair out and just kind of screaming at the TV because it's just in kisses to play after poor, uh, poor play, after missed tackle, after turnover. Hopefully they're starting to you know, play a little better. And if you can play clean, crisp football and still lose, fine. We'll, we'll take it. That is for sure. So that'll do it for this edition of the Blue Horseshoe Pod. Enjoy the game on Sunday. If you're going to be loud, give them hell. The, Nick Sirianni should. He's going to get clearly a big ovation, I'm going to assume, George. No I would think so. There. He should. He should. I don't think there's any animosity between him and the fans. Uh, and there's no doubt he loved his time in Indianapolis. So uh, I think it's going to be interesting. He spent more time on the sideline in that stadium than Jeff Saturday has. So that, that's a rare situation as well. Uh, but you never know. It's a, but the, the other thing is he's lost a lot more games as an NFL head coach than Jeff Saturday has too. So that's see how that true. plays out on Sunday. That is true. The man looking to go 2-0. and Maybe if he goes 2-0, and raise the banner, George. Wing his head coach in history. Maybe that's what it'll take to get a banner raised there at the top of Lucas Oil Stadium. So we will be back on Sunday night right after the Eagles-Colts game. We're going to give you our instant analysis and post-game reaction. So between now and then, make sure you're following us on Twitter at GM Bremer. That's where you can find George. He'll be tweeting all throughout the game. Make sure you follow me as well at Ryan underscore Hickey in the number three. Enjoy the game. We'll talk to you right after it on Sunday right here on the Blue Horseshoe Pod.